Welcome to IMTV Radio, bringing you the latest analysis from Socialist Appeal, the British section of the international Marxist tendency. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud or iTunes, or visit www.socialist.net. Well, the ancient Greeks had a word for this, didn't they? They used to say, those who the gods wish to destroy they first make them mad. I think that the British ruling class, the political class at Westminster certainly, appear to have lost their senses entirely. And this is quite uh, an interesting situation. You should just think of this, just not long ago, just a, a few years ago, before the referendum, Britain was probably the most stable political country in Europe. And yet, within the space of two and a half years, it's now <coughs> arguably one of the most uh, unstable political countries in Europe. This is a, a big change. What is really uh, amusing, if you have a kind of twisted sense of humour, I suppose, is that the whole exercise of the referendum on uh, Britain's membership of the, of the European Union it was designed by Cameron to prevent a split in the Conservative Party. Well, far from pre preventing a split, it now makes a split in that party, I think, a racing uh, certainty. It is split to all, uh, to all effects. By the way, here's an interesting observation. It isn't, by the way, a question of the leadership of... Uh, Mrs. May, lamentable though that leadership is, without doubt. No, no, no. This is a crisis, not just a political crisis. This is a crisis of the regime. You see, for as long as anyone can remember, certainly for the last uh, 100 years, the British ruling class uh, was able to rule in a fairly stable manner because it rested on two fundamental pillars. On the one hand, you had the Conservative Party, which is the party of the ruling class, of the rich, of the wealthy, of course. And then there was the Labour Party, which is theoretically the party of the working class, but in practice it was controlled and owned by a, a clique of right-wing Labour leaders who were virtually indistinguishable from the Tories, at least from the left-wing Tories, uh, as, as you might call them. And this, uh, like a cricket match in which if the first 11 got into difficulties, they call in the second 11. Well, now, all this comfortable, uh, cosy relationship has been completely upset. By the way, this is an international phenomenon, not just in Britain. You could argue now, and this is an interesting point, that the ruling class in Britain no longer control politics. They don't control anything very much. It's escaped from their control. That's also true, by the way, of the United States. You could say that the American ruling class has lost control of the situation. Uh, Mr. Trump, of course, he is a, a wealthy man, a bourgeois, a billionaire, a capitalist, of course. He stands for the capitalist system. There's no argument over that. Yes, but he's a maverick. He's out of control. Something which, of course, Wall Street doesn't particularly like. Now, in Britain, this is something new, you see. You take the Conservative Party. Uh, for a whole period, the Conservative Party traditionally was based uh, from, from, the, from, the, from the 19th century onwards on an agreement, a gentleman's agreement between the, the capitalist, the grubby, money-grubbing sector of, the, uh, of society, which had the cash, which handed over the political power in this kind of uh, 
united front, if you like, of the ruling class, to the aristocracy. Oh yes, the Conservative Party was traditionally ruled by a tiny clique of Tory grandees that had ran the show entirely. Now that changed, particularly since Thatcher, that changed entirely. The Tory party became democratic, big mistake, <clears throat> because now you have the Tory party democratically controlled by who? By the Tory rank and file, mainly lunatics of the uh, uh, all kinds of undesirable elements, stockbrokers, shopkeepers, you know, this kind of uh, insurance clerks and so on, other uh, social riffraff. Uh, we're quite insane. They're quite crazy. They honestly, they believe fervently, fanatically, that in, in Britain's greatness, in chauvinism, and Brit Britannia still rules the waves, apparently. Of course, this is, uh, bears no relation at all to the real situation. And this, the, these crazy people are reflected in Parliament in one wing of the ruling class. And by the way, let's make this absolutely clear. Because Brexit has divided British society, not in a desirable way, not along class lines as we Marxists would prefer, but on a very unpleasant and unsatisfactory basis. The ruling class is split into two halves, openly split. There's a gulf, an abyss between these two wings, reflected in two wings of the Conservative Party. On the one hand, you have big business, the big bankers, the big capitalists, the city fat cats and so on, they're pro-Europeans because that's where most of their profits and interests and markets lie. So they were never in favour of separating from Europe. It was a complete adventure from their point of view. Yes, but there's another wing of the Conservative Party. It's always been there. It's been a minority up until recently, but now it becomes less of a minority. The chauvinist Little Englanders you know, rule Britannia, Britannia rules the waves, this gang uh, of complete idiots, by the way, complete uh, lunatics, I would say, almost. People like Boris Johnson and uh, what's the other guy's name, this chap? He, he looks like something out of an Adams Family film. What, what's the, the honourable member, member for the 18th century, they call him, Rhys Mogg. Yes, these guys actually believe, it seems to me that they do believe in this, that Britain can only be great again by breaking from Europe and establishing independence and sovereignty and regaining our laws and our customs and all the rest of it, you know. Isn't that wonderful? It's a wonderful prospect. Some people actually believe in that crap. Let's spell it out in words uh, that even Boris Johnson could understand. Look, if Britain were to, if, if, to break from Europe, which is uh, on the cards, would we, we regain anything resembling Sovereignty, independence, don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. I'm too old to, 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 to fall for jokes like that. Britain is already a satellite of the United States of America. It's no more than a satellite. It really is, has become, it's no longer the great empire that people think they remember. No, 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 no. Britain's importance in world politics and world economics has collapsed in the last period. It's reflected now in the collapse of the pound which once was a powerful currency, almost the same as the dollar. Oh, no, no, no. Britain, my friends, has now become a fairly unimportant island off the coast of Europe. It is already a satellite of US imperialism. Just look at the, at the conduct, particularly of the Brexiteers, but also of May and all the other uh, gang, constantly going to across the, crossing the Atlantic to do what? To kiss the ass 
of uh, Mr. Trump. Oh yes, they, they behave like servile, like servants, like domestic servants, like like the uh, what do they call them? The uh, the chap in charge of the servants in an in an old uh, uh, manor house, like a valet in the presence of the great white chief sitting in the White House. And if Britain separates from Europe definitively, this dependence on the US will be even greater than before. They've published even less, uh, whatever you say, about the regulations of the European Union. At least they have certain control. For example, about the quantity of rat's hair that is allowed to be permitted in the food which we consume. In the States, they have far more liberal uh, rules, of course, because the market d determines. The big American monopolies are just waiting to step in and take over the National Health Service. So now we have definite proof of this. Pharmaceutical companies are already even bribing universities to support them in this research to take over the NHS once Britain becomes free and independent of Europe. And therefore, what we have here is not an argument that the Labour movement should take sides on. We shouldn't take sides on, on, in this. This is a split between two equally reactionary wings of the ruling class. There's no argument about this. We can't support either of these two, two gangs. And what a mess they've got themselves into. It's like the old Laurel and Hardy black and white films, if you've ever seen them, where Stan Laurel always ends up with the same phrase. Here's another fine mess you've gotten me into. And what a mess it is, my word. They've got in a, in a situation now which, which, which is the biggest political crisis in history. The other night I was watching Channel 4 News, not my favourite programme by the way, but nevertheless, I was watching it. And at the end of this programme, John, John Snow asked a question of Matthew Paris, who's quite a sharp political conservative observer. He was at one stage a Tory minister, I think. Now he's a journalist in the Times newspaper. And Jon Snow asked him, is this the biggest crisis you've ever seen? And Matthew Paris replied, well, look, I can remember just about the Suez crisis, 1956. I can remember it also. He said, but compared to that, this, that was insignificant compared to this. He said, and the fact of the matter is, speaking from his own experience, he said, I've been in many uh, serious crises, political crises, but in every single crisis, there was always one element, you see. I always had the feeling that somebody somewhere knew what they were doing. Somebody somewhere had a plan. Now for the first time, I, I don't have that sensation, he says. Nobody knows what, they do, what they're doing. There is no plan. The wretched Brexiteers, they won the vote, unexpected, above all, unexpected to them. They didn't expect to win. Farage didn't expect to win. Johnson didn't expect to win. They won. And they were totally unprepared for this. None of them had any real idea as to how they were going to set about leaving Europe and what the alternative might, uh, might be. And now we see the result. Two and a half years later, they're in a complete mess. May worked out a plan, which of course was an attempt, a desperate attempt to square the circle. This, of course, is a mathematical impossibility. You can't square the circle. Try to, try to reconcile the irreconcilable. And now they're in a mess over Ireland and other questions also, but the Irish question has come to the fore. By the way, if they go down this road and, and, and have, don't have an agreement, that there's a hard border in Ireland, just look out. <clears throat> they, they, they could easily be a return to the bad old days, of the violence and so on of the past. That's, on, that's one possibility. But nobody knows what's going to happen.
It's a measure of May's complete and utter desperation. She took the step, and pieces there the step. At the eleventh hour of calling off a debate in Parliament where her proposal was going to be voted on, an unprecedented step. Even the sp Speaker had to, had to denounce it. And for what? She goes scuttling off to Europe in the hope of persuading uh, Juncker and the other people and Merkel to, not Macron, because Macron, of course, as you realize, Monsieur Macron, <laughs> the leader of the centre. Uh, uh, in France, you have a, a colossal polarization. There it's a polarization to the left and to the right of the struggles taking place on the streets of France. And therefore Macron, with the best will in the world, was not able to see Theresa May to help her out of difficulties because he's got sufficient difficulties preserving his own political future. But she got a dusty answer, of course. What answer was the woman expecting <coughs> from the leaders, from Merkel and Brussels and so on? The fact of the matter is this, my friends. Europe could not give Britain a satisfactory deal. We predicted this in advance. Because if they were to do so, Europe itself is in such a fragile state at the moment. It's in a deep crisis. Look at Italy, look at Spain, look at France, look even at Germany, where Merkel is, or, or, is like May, her political future is, uh, is finished. And therefore, if, the, if the Europe was to give decent conditions to Brexit, it would encourage people, particularly in Italy, where there's a, very, uh, there's a standoff now between uh, the Italian government <coughs> over the question of a minor reform of pensions, some minor concessions to the, to the working people of Italy, and Europe has said no, because you're breaking our budgetary rules. So this is a serious state of affairs. And if they were to see, the Italians were to see that the British were going to get away with it, well, what conclusion would they draw? And therefore, the fact of the matter is that Europe itself, the European Union itself, is in very serious danger of breaking up in the not-too-distant future on the basis of what? <coughs> and this is, the, uh, this is the roots of the problem. The fact of the matter is that the capitalist system itself is in crisis. It's in a very serious crisis on a world scale. <coughs> the future faces facing the masses. Let's spell it out for the people of Britain. There's no future for Britain, my friends, either inside or outside of, of the uh, capitalist uh, uh, European Union. And therefore, that's not the alternative that should be put to, before Britain. The real alternative, and the Labour leaders, really speaking, have been remiss on this question. They, they're soft-pedalling for whatever reason. Never mind about this or that option for, uh, for Brexit. The real solution for Britain would be a Labour government pledged to a genuine socialist programme. There's nothing else that goes to the heart of the problem by tackling the rule of the bankers and capitalists and moving in the direction of a socialist Britain. There's no question about this. If they were to do this, by the way, that would have a colossal effect inside Europe. It is clear that people fighting on the streets of Paris are looking for an alternative of a real alternative to Macron, which is not another capitalist politician, another bourgeois government or some kind of coalition that some of these wretches are talking about in Britain. No, no, no. The only solution for Britain is, is, is to fight for socialism. Fight in the first instance. Get rid of this rotten, corrupt, disgusting Tory government which led this country to the brink of an abyss and replace it with a Labour government. Oh yes, but a Labour government not run by the Blairites, who by the way are banging the drum on, on, on Brexit all the time for their own purposes, because, of course, they, these people are also agents of the bankers and capitalists 
and represent the city of London, not the interests of the people of Britain or Europe or anything else. But a Labour party that is pledged to socialist policy, that means to prepare the way for this, on the contrary, we should declare a war against those elements in the Labour Party who are preparing, by the way, there's no argument about this, at a certain stage to go over to the Tories. To form a national government, that's what they're banging on about all the time, in the national interest, of course. Well, no. The only answer is to clear the decks, to clear the Labour Party of these opportunists, these Blairite uh, infiltrators and so on. Prepare the ground for a real struggle for power. Get rid of the Tory government, that's, that's our slogan. Down with the Tory government, not just down with, uh, with Theresa May, down with the Conservative government for a general election and for the election of a, a, a Labour government that will really be pledged to genuine socialist policies, nationally and internationally. That, my friends, is the only possible way out of the, the terrible crisis into which these elements have, have plunged the people of Britain uh, who face a disastrous future unless there is a fundamental root and branch change in Britain. Thank you for tuning in to IMTV Radio. Subscribe or download the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or visit www.socialist.net for all the latest news, analysis and Marxist ideas. Thank you.